Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Leah Hadley. Leah Hadley, a nationally recognized financial empowerment expert, is committed to providing personalized, compassionate financial guidance through life transitions. She'll tell you she's had many challenging financial times in her adult life, becoming a parent of three overnight, getting divorced, and building a business from the ground up to name a few. These have been times when her ability to hunt down appropriate resources and careful financial planning was critical to her peace of mind. A former investment analyst, sought-after speaker, and award-winning financial planner, Leah is the founder of Great Lakes Investment Management and Great Lakes Divorce Financial Solutions. As an accredited financial counselor, a certified divorce financial analyst, and a mediator, Leah uses her knowledge and more than 15 years of experience to help her clients make intentional financial decisions. Do you have a healthy or a toxic relationship with money? I'm about to have a conversation with Leah, a certified divorce financial analyst who'll be giving us the ins and outs, the do's and don'ts when it comes to your finances, particularly when you're coming out of a toxic relationship. Don't worry if this isn't something you're good at yet. The idea is to empower you to create the financial freedom and ease that comes with healthy money management. Here we go. Okay, everybody, I am here with Leah Hadley today, and we are talking about rebuilding your life and finances after being in a toxic relationship. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about this because this is something that I know a lot of our members within the PBT Institute experience. They thought everything was fine. They were humming along. And then all of a sudden, they're going through a separation or a divorce or something and really finding, holy moly, I don't know what's going on with the money and I'm really struggling. First of all, tell us why you got into this and then we'll see where we go. Sure, absolutely. So I got into this kind of in an interesting way. I started my career as a teacher and I got really burnt out in the classroom and took a job for just a temporary job at an investment bank as an administrative assistant. And I remember walking into that investment bank very well because I felt like a fish out of water. Everybody was using terminology I'd never heard of. I felt like I was a well-educated person. I had a master's degree. You know, I was professional. And here I was, didn't even know what people were talking about. And so that experience really colors a lot of the work that I do because I recognize that people of all different walks of life, some very successful in their careers, have a lack of familiarity with financial terminology, really underdeveloped in terms of financial literacy. And so it's an area that's really become a huge passion of mine to empower women to really be intentional and take control of their finances in a meaningful way. And I know we have members, it's women and it's men too. I see how a toxic relationship can really impact them on both sides. Let's talk about that. How can a toxic relationship impact someone financially? It can impact them in so many different ways. Every relationship is unique and that dynamic is unique. But for a lot of folks, they are kept in the dark as it relates to finances. It's a very controlling tactic that people use in relationships. But some people, again, don't necessarily feel really confident when it comes to money and are happy to give that power to somebody else because they don't want to deal with it. And so this creates this real imbalance of power between the two people and can impact the relationship in a variety of different ways. 
And it's interesting because sometimes in a new relationship, it can actually seem like a really nice thing. This person is taking care of me. I don't have to worry about the money because I know that they have it under control. But over time, it can have a negative impact on somebody's confidence and their ability to make good financial decisions for themselves, to know that they do have the ability to take responsibility for their finances and they don't have to be dependent on somebody else to do that. That's so interesting that you say that in the beginning, how it seems so nice and you're so you feel taken care of. And then that same thing later on can be, uh oh, I'm completely in the dark and I have no clue what's going on here. Talk to us about someone's relationship with money. Yeah. And this is so interesting. I work with all kinds of folks and it comes up in a lot of different ways. If you look back and really think about some of your earliest experiences with money are going to have a huge impact in how you think about money, how you talk about money, how you make decisions about money. So for me, I was very fortunate in that my early experiences were fairly empowering. I remember a story from when I was a kid and my girlfriend and I, she lived on the street behind me. We did extra chores. I don't know. We were like seven years old or something. And we got paid a dollar to do our extra chores. And we went up to the drugstore. We rode our bikes up to the drugstore. And it was the time when you could still get candy for like five and 10 cents a piece. And we felt like it was like Christmas morning. You know, we could get whatever we wanted for a dollar. It came back with all this candy. And it was like, oh, if you work for something, then you get rewarded and you get something from it. But I was talking with one of my clients who shared a story with me when she was babysitting as a teenager and how she had been babysitting for this family and how they had never given her a raise over all of these years and how she had talked to her parents about it. And they said in no uncertain terms should she ask for any more money. And so obviously as this woman grew up and got into her career, she has ingrained in her mind not to ask for more. And so I think for some people, that relationship with money is not, it's disempowering in a lot of cases where some people are raised to believe that money is evil and they have this very negative association with money, almost to the point of repelling it in their lives. So people have all different kinds of relationships with money. That's really interesting to see how that evolves in a dynamic with another person. My first husband and I, money was a huge issue in our marriage. And he grew up in a very impoverished area in another country. I grew up in suburban Ohio, where we always knew we had a roof over our head and we always had food on the table. And those experiences created a lot of conflict in our relationship and a lot of toxicity, really, because at that time, I didn't understand where it was coming from. I didn't understand how to talk about it. All of it was conflict in my mind at that time. And so now I'm remarried. And I have some of those same messaging because I don't want the conflict in my marriage. And sometimes my husband has to remind me, I'm not that other person. Like this, we can talk about these things. But when you have those experiences, they start to pop up in other areas or with other people. It's so true. And you reminded me of there's so much to overcome when you come from a set of beliefs or circumstances. Like I grew up, there just wasn't money. And I'll never forget. There are always these defining moments where you just, it shapes you. And I was in high school. Then I remember I had to get a lot of my clothes from hand-me-downs from neighbors, or there was a local thrift shop. So there was a thrift shop. And then my mom would get clothes from the thrift shop for me. And I was wearing a pair of pants. I will never forget it as long as I live. And I'm in high school. Now, you know how awkward and uncomfortable you are in high school anyway. Well, here I was wearing these pants and I thought I was looking, I was all that, right? And then there are five girls walking towards me. Now, it had a label in the back of this girl's name. And we used to do that, I guess. So I'm wearing, I happen to be wearing the jeans of this girl. 
she walks towards me with five of her friends and just passing me in the hallway. And she looks and she says, nice pants. And I almost died. And I don't remember what I did with that at the time, but I'm sure it drove me in some way to want to make enough of an income of my own that I never had to wear someone else's pants unless I wanted to. But these things stay with us. Like here you're talking and I can bring that memory up as if it happened, you know, yesterday. And it's so interesting because if we're raised, there's not enough or who do you think you are or money doesn't grow on trees or with abundance, like it'll always be there and never worry. There are so many different ideas we can take from that. And I can see how, you know, when your first marriage, it would certainly shape your conversations and then it carries over later on. You know, I always want to get into the minds of my listeners and viewers and say, okay, what is your relationship with money? And here's another thing too. How do we handle money then as an adult in even with our finances? Like I know some people, they just don't want to know. They have no idea how much money they have. They don't keep track. They don't want to know. And I remember when I first started making money in my business, I would have a book and I would write down every single, you know, what's coming in, what's going out. And it made me feel so good or it made me feel like I finally had control. I knew what was going on. So I think we can just take this in so many different directions and, and it has so many different levels based on who we are and what we're doing here. Let's say we do have a really dysfunctional relationship with money. What do we do about that? And how do you see it when some of your clients now when they're coming out of, let's say, a dysfunctional relationship? This is such an important question. And sometimes it's something that people really aren't even aware of. So just to bring awareness to it is the very starting point. And how do you bring awareness to it? When you are doing, making simple financial decisions, going to the grocery store, start paying attention to what's going through your mind, how you're making those decisions. If you're creating a budget for yourself, how are you talking to yourself about that experience with that budget? If you're working with a financial advisor, what goes through your mind before you have that conversation with the financial advisor? Do you feel comfortable having asking questions, talking to that person about your situation? So it really does start with just acknowledging and recognizing the thoughts that you're having about money. And a lot of what can be really helpful is exploring where did that even come from? Because for some folks, like for me in my first marriage, that experience doesn't serve me. Those thoughts don't serve me well, right? But if I don't acknowledge them and really start to work through them and reframe why I'm having those thoughts and how I can adjust now, I'm just going to continue to have them, right? And so it really is important to just start to see like, where am I at? How do I feel when I'm making a big financial decision? Do I have a process for deciding if I'm going to buy that home or not? Do I have a regular process for managing my money and managing it well? Or are there some mistakes that I've made in the past that maybe I'm carrying with me that are impacting my ability to take action, to do the things that I need to do? Because that happens for a lot of folks. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest, the greatest challenge men or women face around financial independence? Yeah, I think it really is just taking that ownership. It really is that piece. All of the other pieces can fall into place when you acknowledge that I am responsible for myself and I can do the things that I need to do because there are so many resources out there, especially if you're working with somebody like me. I'm an accredited financial counselor. That's one of the designations that I hold. And we are certainly open to working with folks who have had 
variety of different experiences with money, maybe shape the relationship a little differently from your traditional financial planner. But there are resources out there for every kind of person, every kind of experience that people have had with money. But you have to be empowered enough to look for them, to know, to be able to have the conversation with somebody like me and say, who do you know who can help me? But there are resources and action is really what starts to build that confidence. So every time you take action, you show yourself that, hey, I can do this. And acknowledging that there will be missteps along the way. It happens to everybody. We can't all know everything. There are unfortunately financial professionals who may be condescending. You may have a negative experience having some of those conversations, acknowledging that person. That's not me, not internalizing that and saying, okay, who else can I talk to? That was not a good experience. Who else can I talk to? But really those action steps are really going to help people to embrace that financial independence. And I think that's it too. It can be such an intimidating conversation. And especially if we're so in the dark and so clueless and then someone's speaking to us and we're like, I don't even know what they're talking about. That could be intimidating. And then we stay in this space of, oh, what do I do now? I, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to speak with. I don't know how to get myself out of this mess. What would you recommend to someone who's just beginning? They're coming out of a toxic relationship. They're like, okay, I have to get this together. That's it. What's the first step? The first step is getting very clear on your current financial situation. Taking a step back, separating out the emotion. If you can't separate out the emotion on your own, our financial therapist it's a big movement right now. More and more people are learning how to support people in this way, which I think is amazing. But take a step back, separate out the emotion and get very clear on right now. What is my income? What's the timing of my income? What are my expenses? What are the timing of my expenses? What do my assets look like? What do I own? What are my liabilities? What do I owe? Just getting very clear on your current financial situation. For some people, that's enough. That is the clarity that they need. That's that one step of getting out of the dark, right? If you can't do that without having that emotional piece that you just like can't push through, I would really encourage somebody to reach out to a financial therapist. I never even heard of that, a financial therapist. So what does a financial therapist do? They just unpack your what you've made money mean? They're really working on the psychology of money. So that piece of it, if people are stuck in that emotion, they're going to help you unpack that, help you to get to the next step. That's I never even heard of that. That's brilliant. For a financial therapist, there is an association. So the association, I think it's called the Association of Financial Therapists. And then you can do a search on that site and find somebody for you. And they have both the mental health training as well as the financial background, which is really nice. Yeah. That's great. Tell us some of the mistakes people make. Oh my goodness. There are so many. <laughs> but I think the biggest one is not acknowledging that there's been a change. And so a lot of times people just want to live like nothing has happened. And from a lifestyle perspective, from a spending perspective, for a lot of people that can mean overspending based on their current situation when there has been a major change. And so acknowledging that there's been a change and recognizing if that means something has to shift from a financial standpoint. And when I'm working with people, I make sure that they know this is a moment in time. This, because we have to make a change now, doesn't mean it's a change forever, but we gotta be realistic because if we're not realistic, then you put yourself at risk of having an ongoing problem that is much harder to solve. But if it's just about looking at how are we gonna increase income now? How are we gonna reduce expenses now? Do we need to reposition assets to generate more income? Do we need to look at what the debt situation looks like and reduce interest expense? Whatever that looks like, everybody's financial situation is unique. 
but being very realistic about the fact that there has been a change and that does mean taking a look at the finances and saying what needs to be adjusted accordingly. You know, and I imagine there's a good amount of resentment there too, because here someone was just going, like I could speak for, let's say the betrayal community, where they're just following the rules of the relationship and here without their awareness or consent, someone decided to do their own thing and now they're moving on or whatever. And here they were, let's say, raising the kids and taking a step back in their career so that they can do that. And now they're like, oh, now I have no money. And here I was raising kids and do what I thought. So I can see how this is where a financial therapist would be helpful as well. But what does someone like that do? Let's say here they are, they're raising their kids. So they step back from their career entirely and they're in this really tough spot. Yeah. I really try to coach people around looking at it as a new beginning. There is obviously a lot that has come to an end and there's a lot that has changed, but people also give up a lot in a relationship that sometimes they're not even thinking about. Sometimes they're compromising their values. They are getting in alignment with goals that aren't really their own. So really empowering them to get excited about taking control and ownership of what is next for them and looking at it from that perspective. And yes, it's different, but different doesn't have to be bad. Different can absolutely be wonderful. And I also share my own experience a lot because coming out of my first marriage, I was very unhappy in that marriage. And even when I was going through my divorce, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I making this huge mistake and all of that, knowing that I was not in a great marriage. But now I have two businesses that I run that I never would have had the support of my partner at that time to be able to do that. Getting excited about what you really want for yourself and your life and then creating the finances to support that instead of just looking backwards. And this goes for so many topics. It's taking your challenge and turning it into something good, taking your trauma, turning it into transformation. You have every right to sit there and mourn and grieve and cry and kick and scream, right? Because of what happened, what went wrong, what didn't work. But then if you're willing, and willingness is such a big word right here, right? If you're willing to do something different with it, you can create something entirely different. Look at your story now. Your story could have been lack and woe is me and what went wrong and instead doing something powerful and inspiring with it. And it's the same. I see this all the time with people, let's say in health, they have a horrible health crash, they figure their way out of it and now they're teaching health or they have a betrayal and they find their way out of it and teach that as well. So it's taking that challenge and doing something good. And I will say to everybody, especially if you have kids, they are watching you they are learning from you. So what message are you sending? You are their most powerful role model. What are they learning by watching you? So how do you then take your experience with what you learned financially, with your relationship with money, and make sure it doesn't spill over to future relationships? Yeah, I wish I had the, <laughs> the golden ticket on that one. But I think it, it's being honest with yourself about where you're at and being honest with your partner. I think that's what is amusing about my husband now is he knows the source of where some of these thoughts come from. And so we can acknowledge it together and be open and have those conversations. But I think it's really important to be aware of it, to bring that awareness to light and not to bury it. Because the more you bury it, the more it will impact your next relationship in a negative way. And I think it's important also to just take a look at instead of just reacting and responding, if something's coming up around money, taking a look and say, okay, where is this coming from? 
it's not coming from the, very likely it's not coming from the scenario that's affecting you right now. Where did that belief come from? Where did that thought come from? Where did that idea come from? Probably something that happened at some point along the journey for sure. You know, you want to be cautious. If you are somebody who doesn't feel confident with money, and I've seen this so many times play out, that it's very easy to want to give that power over again and put yourself back in that cycle again. And so it really is, if you know that about yourself, if you don't want to deal with the finances, that is a huge message that it's time to increase financial literacy and to acknowledge that nobody knowing how to manage money. These are skills that are developed over time. And there are a lot of skills. I had a client who emailed me this past week. She had some very specific accounting questions. I'm a financial planner. I'm not an accountant. And so these are the kinds of questions that I rely on a CPA for. And, you know, I know my lane. I'm not going to know it all. And nobody is. Even though this is my full-time thing that I do all day, every day, tons of continuing education, I'm not going to know it all. So you're certainly not. And that is completely okay. But What's not okay is to say that I don't know it all. I'm not going to learn anything. And I'm just going to let somebody else handle it for me because that's how you get taken advantage of. And so it's really important that you have at least basic knowledge and information, especially about your own financial situation. So that way you can make sure that you are making good decisions in those relationships, not just with a partner, but with a professional as well. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And speaking of relationships, I'll never forget, I was in a, it was a seminar and it was, I think it was like a speaking seminar, growing your speaking practice or something and a million years ago. And the trainer was talking about your relationship with money. And it was so brilliant because she said, think about it. If you're not paying attention to, think of money as a relationship. If you treated it poorly, if you didn't respect it, if you didn't pay attention to it, what kind of relationship would you have? And it's really so true, right? If we're not respecting it, if we're not treating it, what kind of relationship would that be? That stuck with me all those years later. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? You are absolutely in the driver's seat when it comes to your finances, regardless of how you feel about money in this moment, regardless of your financial situation in this moment, you are in the driver's seat. I want to acknowledge that people, regardless of income, struggle with financial confidence. That is completely normal, but it's also something that is you can overcome, that you can take the actions, you can get the support that you need, and you can become a person who feels very confident making financial decisions. You know, I love that. And I, I love the idea that it's really not about how much money you make. Your money, it doesn't define your value and your worth. And I think many of us use a number to define our value. And you think about the numbers we use, you know, how much money we made, what the number on the scale is, the number of whatever the number is, and what, you know, score you got on a test if you're a kid. And what would happen if we got away from the numbers a little bit and recognized our value and worth just really for what it is, having nothing to do with money, but again, learning how to manage it because that's just good practice. So I want to thank you so much for your time and your attention. Where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? I have on Instagram, Watch Her Thrive is the handle. And we have the Watch Her Thrive Facebook group, which is a free resource where you can come in, ask questions, be part of the community, and know that we're here to help you get to your financial goals. Oh, that sounds so great. Thank you so much. And I hope everybody, you were paying attention here. Get your money together, your money mindset, and Find a financial therapist if you need one, and Leah is here to help as well. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
I found it so interesting that the behaviors that may have initially had us feeling cared for when someone handles the finances is what has us feeling like we've been kept in the dark later on. Stay in touch with Leah by going to watchherthrive.co and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Start with creating an awareness around how you're managing your finances so you feel you're in the driver's seat. Next, separate the emotion around it. And if you need, find a financial therapist who can help. Who knew? Then be sure to acknowledge changes in your spending behavior once your finances change. And instead of being frustrated or resentful, see it as different. And as Leah said, different can be wonderful. Of course, if you're going through your separation or divorce due to a betrayal, we're here to help you bounce back even better than before. Check out the pbtinstitute.com and let's get you to your physical, mental, and emotional best. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.